Hello and welcome again to another episode of Fikava Vetchet. Today I'm taking you to Croatia and I would like to talk to you um, uh, about uh, shelter medicine, an area of veterinary medicine I have personally not very much experience with, but it takes a large place, a large role uh, in the life of a lot of our colleagues. One of these colleagues is Tatiana Sajet. She is leading the shelter in Zagreb in Croatia and I'm very pleased to have her today in our episode of Fekava Vetchet. Hi Tatiana. Hi Wolfgang. Hi. So I heard we, we you you have a little mountain retreat somewhere and we catch you there yeah. Yeah I'm in the Croatian mountains it's a part of Croatia called Lika very beautiful part but and my mom's from here so I have a hut here. Mm-hmm. Do you have snow at the moment? Oh, over a meter. Yeah, a oh. lot of snow. <laughs> okay, I just just received a couple of days ago some photos from one of my colleagues, Stein Dahl, the Norwegian Pekava director, and he had two and a half meters snow around his hut, so he had to dig out his hut to get to the mountain hut. So yeah, some areas very lucky with, with the amount of snow they get. Anyway, we want to talk shelter medicine and um, you're the person I know that probably has the most experience when it comes to uh, 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 shelters and uh, obviously you have this experience with the shelter in Zagreb but first of all just tell us a little bit about yourself and how your journey into veterinary medicine went. Well you know it's um, it's it's combined with the, with the shelters because since I, I was a child, I rescued animals, kittens mostly, puppies, and uh, small wild animals. And then I decided to go to uh, veterinary high school and then to university. And it was no doubt that I will be a veterinarian one day because I didn't want to do anything else since uh, I was very, very little. And then when I uh, finished my university degree, the only place I wanted to work in was a shelter. And then, then in the past days in Croatia, we had uh, only one shelter and it was a Zagreb shelter. So I end up in, in that shelter and I'm, I'm here since, uh, since my graduation. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. This sort of puts puts me to shame. I have to say. I mean, it, it, in my case, yes, there was a desire to work with dogs and cats, and I, I was very interested, sort of, in the technical aspects of veterinary medicine, sort of the um, uh, operating, for example, orthopedics. I was uh, uh, interested. Um, so these were things that were driving me, but I was possibly didn't have so honourable sort of ideas why I wanted to do veterinary medicine. And uh, I mean, there are so many aspects of veterinary medicine that are very, very sad. And I have to admit, I possibly was also mentally maybe not, 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 not built 
for, uh, uh, for for shelter medicine. So 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 I don't know. Tell us tell us a little bit about the the shelter. It's the shelter of Zagreb of uh, 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 Croatia's capital. Yes, you're working in. Yeah, yeah, it's a municipality shelter, and the city of Zagreb uh, all, all is the owner of that shelter. So we have um, 27 people that work in, in the shelter, and we are dedicated to <laughs> rehoming animals, uh, mostly cats and dogs, because um, we don't have, you know, we, we don't have the opportunity to, to um, to try to do something more, like uh, we are at the edge of the European Union, and you know, Serbia and Bosnia and uh, uh, Montenegro, are, we, have, we have a very long border, so there are lots of um, muggling dogs, uh, dogs uh, across those, those borders. So uh, we do what we can do in, in Zagreb, just to rehome animals, some animals, and then put new ones in the shelter. So I think that's the the main our main goal to rehome as many animals as we as we can. Uh, these these animals you see in the shelter, what would you say? How is the percentage of dogs and cats that are coming just from Croatia or that come also from other neighboring countries? Well, um, I can tell you uh, when um, COVID pandemic started. We uh, and then lockdown started also, so there was no moving between cities in Croatia and between borders also, and we ended up with 30 dogs. And so, what, what uh, is your capacity? And capacity is around 120 dogs, so we were, you know, it was a quarter of the, the uh, <laughs> of the amount of dogs we have today, for example, when borders are open. So I don't think we have a problem with the abandoned dogs. We don't have stray dogs. So all that, those animals are just uh, keeping going from, from the other parts of Croatia and the, and the other, other countries as well. And background of these dogs are these street dogs are these dogs that people don't want to have any longer um are these uh, yeah I, I don't know what's the background the main background of these dogs well you know stray dogs are dogs that, that they are raised somewhere on the streets but we don't have that because we don't have so many dogs on dogs on streets most of them are abandoned ones and because they are not microchips so we don't know uh, who, who was the owner and um, I think a, a big problem also is um, uh, so many uh, puppy litters that people people can't uh, you know can't rehome them or, or I don't know sell them and uh, that's for Zagreb and for the, all the other um, cities and all the other parts, parts of Croatia and other countries, those dogs are smuggled from, uh, and they are mostly street dogs, roaming dogs, uh, stray dogs from, um, from example, Serbia and maybe mostly uh, Bosnia and Herzegovina. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, um, uh, 
how is that microchips sort of in Croatia? Is this a, a legal requirement that dogs have to be microchipped? Yeah. In yeah. Croatia. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. They need to be. They they could be microchipped in six six weeks uh, of puppies, but it's. Uh, uh, it, I think it's uh, from three months they need to be. They can't go anywhere without a microchip. Uh, but you can see because we have so many. We have over uh, 120 dogs every day there, and we are uh, a pretty small shelter. There are much bigger ones. Uh, for example, in Chakovets near Zagreb, they have um, maybe 500 dogs. And I know in Serbia, they have some shelters over 1,000 dogs. It's uh, it's insane. I don't know how how can can they do it, but uh, I think that um, that's the problem with microchipping. Not uh, not all the all the people are um, do what they are required to do, unfortunately, and they know they will you know they they don't uh, neuter their uh, their dogs, so that will that's end like this. That's the other thing, sort of, with the attitude. I mean, with me sort of traveling around, I see huge sort of difference in the attitude towards neutering um, uh, between the UK, where this is very common and that helps a lot, um, uh, and less so uh, uh, in countries like Germany or uh, also the Scandinavian countries. However, in the Scandinavian countries, although they are not neutering, they are, if they haven't neutered, they are very um, organized usually with uh, birth control measures, other measures, so um, uh, hormone chips, for example, or um, uh, hormone tablets for cats, for example, and things like that. So uh, they don't seem to have such a big problem of unwanted kittens and puppies. Um, uh, in Germany, it's so that neutering is far less common than in the uh, in the UK because of that. There are slightly more issues. Nevertheless, also that stray or the 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 rescue dog um, uh, problem doesn't seem to be such a huge um, what shall I say sort of issue. Um, uh, and there is still. A fair amount of capacity to get dogs in from from other countries, Eastern Europe, for example. Having said that, obviously that carries in itself again problems, as we can see at the moment, sort of with uh, uh, diseases that were tick-borne, for example. And uh, we are in 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 the northern European countries not actually so familiar with, and these these problems become more and more common. How does it? How does it look like when you get a dog in, say, from Bosnia, with no records? Um, uh, what are your sort of initial measures when you receive these dogs? What sort of examinations do they, what tests do they get? And then what sort of treatment is normally standard? Um, you know, I don't know which dog is from Bosnia and which one is from Zagreb, for example. So I don't care about that. We uh, we do, we have some standard operative procedures for every dog that will come uh, into our shelter, obviously, because we don't know anything about them. We don't know if they are vaccinated or they are not. Some of them, 
if we do know where they came from, from example, from Serbia, then we do uh, some um, uh, some titer in 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 the lab, so we know something about them. But um, we do every day the same same thing when we uh, get a dog in the shelter. It's examined, and we call that uh, zero zero day. You know, so on zero day it must be vaccinated. That's the that's um, a procedure that is uh, very important for every shelter because if you don't vaccinate animals immediately, you won't have any anyone to vaccinate after two day, ten days because mm -hmm. they all will be de be dead. We can't do you know. Um, uh, private uh, practitioners, uh, private uh, veterinarians, they they look at the animal and their owner, but we don't do that. We look at that particular animal, but we also look at the uh, whole uh, whole shelter, you know? So we, um, it's, it's a bit complicated. Mm -hmm. And then, so we, on the zero day, we vaccinate against the, uh, against all the um, infectious diseases, not rabies. Um, so mm -hmm. so there would be distemper, um, adenovirus, yeah. uh, parvovirus. How is that Bordetella and parainfluenza? You yeah, yeah, we do, do that, that as well. Yeah, we, mm -hmm. we do that also because um, we need to uh, focus, you know, uh, both to that uh, particular animal and then to general population. Uh, and it's important uh, to uh, for them to uh, get that vaccine as soon as, as possible. Mm. Uh, and that's also then for uh, for uh, some antiparasitic treatment on the day mm -hmm. day one. And then we leave them, you know, for ten days, maybe fourteen, and then vaccinate again. So we do that every two weeks, every two weeks. Yeah. How is that with? Other non-core vaccinations, leptospirosis, Leishmaniosis. Are you doing anything like that? No, we don't have those problems. But uh, mm. every shelter or every part of the country uh, has a different problem. So if uh, if that shelter is maybe some somewhere at Mediterranean, like in Split, Dubrovnik, uh, I think they should use uh, non-core vaccines also especially against the um, Lishmania, but we don't do that. We, we don't have to, because we don't have Always. any problem. Yeah, so it's a different part of the country. Say, I mean, you have to weigh up sort of the finances, sort of, I mean, sort of vaccines cost money, but then, as you said, I mean, it's not only about the dog, it's about the whole shelter, where yeah. you get an infection in there. And also, I mean, with, with, with diseases like, um, uh, uh, yeah, rabies, for example. I mean, there's a, a also a considerable zoonotic issue. How is the situation with with with, with, with uh, um, rabies infections and vaccinations uh, now on the Balkan? Do have you still had any uh, uh, any cases? Is it still something you might encounter or you do encounter in the shelter? No, 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 no. Because we don't have rabies since. 2011, and uh, last year we we, uh, we became a rabies-free country. 
And uh, from the last year, we can vaccinate our dogs every three years. I mean, no, every three. Uh, it, it, uh, what, it depends on the vaccine we use. So it could be two or three years. Mm. And um, but um, we have uh, still we have those uh, borders that are very long, and it could you know someday it could be a problem. But for now it's uh, it's okay, and we are a free country. And then parasite disease uh, uh, protection. So also when they come in, regardless if they have any parasites, you have a protocol that they get treated against. Fleas probably in any case, ticks as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, the, uh, that that on uh, day zero, they get they got everything, and then we just uh, we, uh, we just uh, look at them, and if we see a bit of problem, because every shelter could could have a, have a problem with the giardia because it's very wet in 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 a, in a shelter, so we do some. Uh, we do have some protocols also against that, and uh, we will not rehome uh, animal with any kind of parasite in a, in a new home. Mm -hmm. As you know, some mm -hmm. of them could be transmitted to, to humans also, so we yeah. take care of that. Yeah, and I assume sort of when you get new dogs in, are they also kept in isolation regardless where they come back, uh, where they come from for the first one or two weeks, or...? Yeah, oh. it's uh, around ten days, maybe more, because we don't have any, enough uh, space for for every new. But the good thing is uh, we have um, a new uh, building that is built, and it should be uh, it should be in, in, um, it will be over till uh, June. So hopefully we will have um, more room for for dogs, more spaces. But I don't think that will help. Yeah, how common are tick-borne diseases, sort of, um, uh, or or vector-borne? Let's put more vector-borne diseases uh, with the the dogs you get. So I'm thinking about uh, anaplasma, Ehrlichia, uh, Borreliosis, something like that. Uh, well, um, mm -hmm. oh, well, uh, they're they're quite common. They're quite common. Not uh, Ehrlichia or anaplasmosis, not so common, but. Uh, um uh it's um uh it's um pyroplasma it's uh, quite common in, in dogs in croatia especially around zagreb some of uh, some of the areas don't have any like this one in in lika they don't don't have those problems but but we in zagreb we, we do we do so we have a sick control and we do, we do it properly and not just for dogs so also for a whole shelter uh, for grass around the shelter, so we do treatments, uh, all, all kinds of treatments, just to um, uh, take control of six. Must must have a huge sort of demand also for supplies. Then, so where do you get your your supplies from? I didn't your 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 vaccines, your medication, uh, uh, all the disposables, sort of syringes, needles, uh, all that stuff. Are these donations, or you probably can't just work on donations for for uh, uh, an enterprise like this? So that's 
where do yeah. you get it from? Yeah. Just you said we are just a big enterprise, so uh, we get get that from the city of Zagreb because we are municipality municipality shelter, and shelter will pay for for everything we need. So we have uh, some big firms that are supplying us uh, in in. They are working in whole Croatia, and some of them, of them we work with, and so we don't have problems with any any um, medications or, or, or anything. We do have everything we need. Fortunately, <laughs> that that's not the problem. I think the main problem is we don't have an, enough space for so many dogs that. Um, need to come to our shelter so that's mm -hmm. yeah. and then sort of the dogs you have obviously it's so that uh, you there's there's no point just to have them obviously there needs to be a way forward to try to find a new home for them a new life for them so how many of these dogs then would you say remain in Croatia? Are you then moving some of these dogs further up to other European countries? Is there a network between the shelters to communicate? How does it work? Well, yes. Uh, well, you know, uh, animal welfare is everything because uh, shelter is just... Uh, it should be the place they they will stay a, a day or two, you know. But some of them, unfortunately, will stay much longer with us, especially those uh, like uh, Stafford uh, Terriers or Bull Terriers. Uh, these dogs are, you know, they they um, some of them are very dangerous to other dogs. Maybe, maybe most of them. Uh, in our shelter are dangerous to other dogs, so it's not very easy to rehome them. And uh, no other country will uh, will take them. And they can't go to Germany or Austria, there is no way. But we do have uh, that uh, network of other shelters that will uh, take some uh, other dogs that are just, uh, you know, they are just fine, their behavior is okay, they, 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 they don't have any, problem with the behavior and uh, we maybe one third of our dogs are home to other shelters like in in like in Vienna or somewhere in Germany and mm. two thirds will stay in Croatia and we uh, we are trying to do our best just to to give them the best home they deserve of course and then we train the other dogs that with with the behavioral problems and we do re-socialization, re we, uh, we work with them, we have trainers, and uh, they, we will rehome them eventually, but some of them will stay with us for two or three years, unfortunately, and that's quite a long, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and it's obviously blocking up space for, for, yeah. for, for other dogs then. Mm -hmm. Um, you said during COVID, during COVID, the, um, uh, the shelter was pretty empty, partially because uh, you were just restricted to dogs that were coming in from Croatia or from, from, from the area of the municipality. Um, uh, but then also a lot of people who hadn't been dog or cat owners sort of suddenly felt, yeah, 
we need a dog, we, we need a cat also. So a lot of shelters reported that they were going empty. Having said that, now people realize, um, oh, wait a moment, it's not so easy if you have a dog uh, or a cat and you want to go on holidays, uh, uh, suddenly you have to make arrangements and that's very inconvenient. So I don't know, have you experienced the backlash now sort of after COVID that suddenly sort of a lot of people are returning these COVID dogs, uh, the puppies, the COVID puppies, COVID, COVID uh, kittens, so dogs that specifically are say a couple of years old where you can say, yes, born 2020, but now they become an inconvenience or is it more hearsay? Yeah, that's all true. But you know, when uh, COVID uh, uh, pandemic started, uh, I talked to um, Dr. Vladimir Stevanovic. Uh, he works at uh, Department of Microbiology and Infectious Diseases uh, at Faculty of Veterinary Me Medicine. And he's a great guy. We talked about the, that uh, COVID situation. So um, we, you know, we uh, have media on our side and we, uh, we talked and we write, write, uh, wrote about, uh, uh, about that, that there is uh, no education that, that dogs have any role as the source of human infection. So we tried to rehome our dogs as best as possible and without, without those problems uh, that will come later, for example, for today. So we don't have um, much more, you know, abandoning that we had before that pandemic, mm -hmm. but there are some other reasons that could be a, a problem. For example, those people worked at home and now they need to work uh, somewhere in their firm and um, they didn't teach the, uh, their dogs uh, uh, um. proper behavior, you know, so they have uh, some problems with the separation anxiety, for example, and, you know, it's very hard to, to Treat those behavioral problems uh, as long as they. Um, as, uh, it's it's a problem if you you know if you worked for a year from home, so you need a year to to learn a dog how to get out from that uh, separation anxiety. So it's not it's not very easy. But we do have some good trainers in Croatia, and some of people just. Like, like they love their dogs, they're just uh, part of their family, and they will do anything to help them. Um, not all, not all of them, of course. Some of them are um, ended abandoned and in the shelter. But then we tried to rehome them uh, to some uh, older people, people that are home all the time, you know. So they have um, much more. Uh, people in, in that house it could be a grandma and grand uh, grandfather also and uh, children and um, those dogs that trying to cope more, more efficiently yeah so we work on that it's not easy you know so we we do that for every dog that needs need a new home 
that's such a valid aspect actually i didn't think about that but that that's true i mean you're all the time working from the home office and and you have the dog around the dog knows you're around all the time suddenly you have to go out again you have to be away for 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 several hours if not the whole day and maybe just somebody might come in between to walk the dog interesting aspect yeah what what would you say sort of what are the the biggest problems or the biggest challenges you have sort of in your day-to-day -day work sort of if you could if you could just not have I don't know if you could cancel something out that just would never be an issue sort of what would be your top list I don't know I think that would be <laughs> that would be maybe um decisions that I need to make uh, every day about life and death. You know, there are so many injured animals that, uh, that will come to a shelter and they are very sick, you know, they are, they're very ill and some of them we can treat, we can, uh, they can do uh, better, you know, but some of them can't, you know. So uh, those decisions are very hard and there are so many emotions involved in it. And uh, I, I can see now, because I work almost been 20 years in the shelter, so I can see now that affects me as a person. It's, it's very hard for me to make uh, uh, those de decisions on a daily basis. Very, very difficult for me. I know that because I, I, I'm going to uh, my new neurologist uh, uh, now because of my migraines, and uh, she said to me that uh, that the that the you know that the difficulties of my job you know those decisions so um i don't know how to handle it <laughs> handle mm. those you know emotional problems it's not very easy you know and mm. um, and people are often uh, can't see what veterinarians can see you know you, mm. you you would see obviously um, a bad state that animal uh, is in it, but uh, people can't. So they they want to to do more for us, you know, to try more. And it's uh, someone so, some uh, sometimes it's very expensive, and you know, it's very hard. I think that the most um, it's a horrific, you know, sometimes. When you have three or four animals per day, then you have uh, you need to to take the responsibility of of that life. Where do you see the sort of shelter of the future? What do you see any sort of big changes coming up in the next sort of ten, twenty, thirty years, which might change shelter medicine? one way or the other i don't know sort of that uh, different different protocols or, or different shelter designs or, or systems or something like that do you think there will be any 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 huge changes we can we can prepare ourselves for well <laughs> um i'm going to Cambridge in, in in the next week, you know, we'll talk there about uh, shelter medicine, and we'll see uh, what will uh, future will uh, will uh, bring to us. But you know, it's a quite 
big difference bit, between Eastern Europe and Western Europe. Uh, it's a difference, um, uh, for example, in UK, you, you talked about that, uh, because they, um, they have so many, you know, so many decades of uh, animal welfare and uh, they have shelters since uh, Queen Victoria, for example, and we don't do that. Uh, we don't have that in, in, in Croatia and in Eastern Europe, uh, even less than we do. So it, um, it, won't, it won't be, you know, some kind of big breakthrough because we all need just one thing for that, and that's money. <laughs> uh, uh, so uh, when I... Um, when I heard about Queen Victoria, then they they're trying to save those dogs back then. You know, it's a huge, huge. They had a huge opportunity, and they had, they had enough money to do much more. For example, some of the shelters are state of the art now. They don't have uh, you know fences, <laughs> mm -hmm. so uh, dogs and cats there can live in, like they live in, in their own home, you know. And uh, here is, that's not the, the case. Uh, it's all about money, of course. But uh, I hope that, um, that the shelter medicine will maybe get more in, incorporated in, uh, in uh, everyday veterinary life, you know. Like in, in Germany and in Croatia also, never never mind, because I know veterinarians are just not used to shelter medicine. They think that's the same medicine they, they practice, they do, but it's quite, quite, quite different, you know. So uh, it, it wasn't once I, I have heard, you don't know anything, that's not the protocol, we can't do that. And I, I thought, well, Oh, you know, guys, that's a shelter medicine. You need to get used to the shelter medicine. You need to, you know, to talk to, to uh, shelter veterinarians and uh, help them because that's not easy. <laughs> no, and that's one one thing is theory. The other thing is practice. Can you can you? There are a lot of good ideas how to do one or the other thing, but then you hit issues with. Uh, maybe uh, manpower you might not have enough people to uh, uh, to do what you want uh, funding um, uh, supplies and legislation I mean there are so many factors that come in that education that, that... yes yeah yeah absolutely yeah that was an exciting that was an exciting tour through shelter medicine um, Tatiana thank you very much for uh, speaking to me if uh, anybody has questions about this or any other episodes of Fecava VetChat, please do email us on vetchat at fecava.org or alternatively leave a message on our social media outlets. So I hope you enjoyed today's episode of Fecava VetChat and I hope to see and uh, yeah, we will meet again soon for another episode of Fikava Vet Chat in a place somewhere else in Europe. Thank you very much.